Okay, so welcome to this week's edition of Event Wildcast. I am joined by the lovely Caroline Cronin this week, or Head of Fundraising. Hello, Caroline. How are you? Hello, I'm very good. Hope everyone's staying so safe out there and relatively healthy. Yeah, it was your birthday this week. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> I turned the ripe old age of 37 yesterday, so that was fun. Oh, you're, you're younger. You're, you're 10 years younger than me. You're 10 years younger than me. You'll never be as old as me. <laughs> Remember that. I'm okay. I put it on Twitter earlier, actually, but I'm, I'm quite happy with getting older because it sounds cheesy, but it is a privilege, like genuinely. So every time I have a birthday, it's kind of, I just think, oh, brilliant. I've made it another year, you know? Yes. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm a bit like that as well. I kind of, because you're not quite at 40 yet. Um, but I was a bit when I turned 40 it was a bit I stopped worrying about getting older because I, I started to feel a little bit more comfortable mm -hmm. with myself yeah I think and you do in your 40s I think you, you start to kind of it's one that light bulb moment where you kind of go all ah, right yeah I get it I get it now cool. none of that so in my that life about my, my 20s matters at all well roll on three years time I can't wait for my life to fall into place <laughs> Ah, excellent, because it only happens at 40. It happened <laughs> before 40. Your life's just chaos. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Well, it's, it's, it's Mental Health Awareness Week this week. It is. Um, and the theme set by the Mental Health Foundation, those lovely people over there, is kindness, um, which is a really, we were just chatting about this before, weren't we? It's a really, really interesting conversation us to have us lovely people that work in the events industry because we were saying it before weren't we um and i kind of brought up the fact that we're great as event professionals in, in our industry looking after other people and showing kindness and compassion to other people and empathy and all of that where we fall down massively and what we're really rubbish at is is actually showing a little bit of that self-kindness and compassion to ourselves so i i use the analogy quite a lot the old put your own oxygen mask on first before other people and i think self-kindness is one of those fundamental areas isn't it for self-care it's really really important so yeah. um yeah so i suppose it, it's from, from your perspective what what do you think of when you think of kindness and self-compassion what's it make you so things that come to mind for you i think they're kind of there's two bits to it really that's kind of the, the the physical things that you can do to take care of yourself you know whether that's you know having a bath or you know going mm. for a walk in nature mm. or you know those kind of things but then there's also kindness to yourself when it comes to kind of your you know your thoughts and you know not beating yourself up on certain things and ruminating too much on on the negative which is certainly something that I have to work really really hard at um so there's two sides to it, really. And I think, you know, perfect self-care, I guess, is trying to maintain both of those things, you know. So, um, yeah, so it's and depending on the day that, that what that looks like can be yeah. very, very different. You know, what you need is very, very different day to day. So it's kind of not, not, not it's not something I think you can kind of, you know, the, the events person in me wants to have a schedule of how I do my self-care. What's my, what's my plan of self-care for today and trying to make it regimented because that's the nature of event professionals, I guess, but yeah. that in itself puts pressure on you. Um, so yeah. I think it's trying to be a bit more relaxed with 
um, when you're thinking about how to do how to conduct self-care you know yeah yeah definitely definitely it is like you say isn't it is it's those innate pressures that we place in ourselves like you know striving for, for, for perfection yeah that's why we really got to stop doing that it really isn't you're not being very kind to yourself you're striving for perfection for me there's no such thing as perfection or there is in the eye of the beholder and we all have our own idea of what that is so when we're, we're planning and working on events if you're planning a perfect event you're just automatically setting yourself up to fail aren't you really because it, there's no such thing as a, achieving a perfect event it doesn't exist no. and you know just just comparing ourselves to other people Mm. You know, social media that's one of the things for social media for me is that it, it really well up until this period that we're in at the moment it kind of only ever really showed one side of people that people only ever put their best best foot forward on social media don't they so look at my life and look what I've got and look what I'm doing um so that's that constant comparing not allowing yourself to make mistakes either i mm. um, which is always for me, it's always been something there that I'm actually pretty good at that, I have to mm. say. I'll, I'll give something a go. And I've yeah. always kind of had this attitude. Well, if it doesn't work, we just don't do it again. Yeah. I'm more so now getting, getting older, but I, I don't remember a time that I was ever kind of hard on myself of, of mm. making mistakes. But there's a lot of us who do find that incredibly challenging. Yeah. That way. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, I think the point about social media is really interesting because I've noticed, you know, since the lockdown, there's a lot of kind of, you know, the narrative on social media has become um, people saying, you know, you don't, don't be, you know, um, if you haven't been productive during lockdown, don't feel bad about it. Don't, um, you know, you can't, we can't all be, you know, achieving amazing things every day, etc. cetera, um, which I think is a really good point but that narrative mm. has almost gotten a bit out of hand because now people are shaming others on social media for being productive so it's kind of the you know you've obviously at some point had people saying well I've made my banana bread and I've taught myself French rah, rah, rah. then there's been a backlash <laughs> against those people saying well you know we don't have to be like you and now they're getting kind of you know these pocket of people yeah. are getting aggressive at the people that are being productive and I just think oh that's what we don't need because some people yeah. we all have the days where we're productive and not productive but I think if if somebody is able to mm. um, be productive and, and yeah. learn some new skills and that makes them feel good and it and it fuels them then let them do it and say well done and equally if you just yeah. want to sit in bed all day having a cry that's cool too um, but shaming one camp or the other is just not it's just not cool and the irony is that's just that's just exacerbating the kind of the pressure that they're campaigning against by doing that you know um, so yeah. I've kind of observed a lot of that going on uh, and it's just another example of why social media can be so destructive yeah. To the, to the brain and and cruel i think it really really cruel and i think this is a big thing about kindness isn't it i mean i i, I always remember um growing up parents kind of saying to me if you haven't got anything nice to say don't say anything at all and that kind of that's always kind of stuck with me and resonated with with me in a way and it kind of it does when you have that kind of thinking it kind of makes it, it stops you it makes you take that pause before you respond to something it's like you know you're looking at social media feeds you're looking at the comments and stuff people are making on there and it's almost like 
people feel that they have a right to comment negatively on someone they don't know they've never met yeah no leave the people alone if they want to make banana bread they can make flipping banana bread if they want to press flowers they can do that it's up to us all as individuals to do what we want to do if you don't want to do anything at all do that as well this is what this practicing kindness is all about isn't it it's that Mm -hmm. innate ability to be able to look at any moment in time assess what it is you need in that moment in time to be kind to yourself but you know kindness to others as well guys you know that it's what and what what on earth makes people think that they have in a night right to make comments such as that to someone they've never met they have nothing to do with it's, yeah. it's just that's that's the side of social media that i've never really liked and i suppose in a way that that's why i don't really use social media from a personal perspective but I still yeah. have that voice in my head that my parents taught me that if you haven't got anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. You know, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's treating people <laughs> in a way that we should expect to be treating people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for you sure. wouldn't go up to a stranger in Sainsbury's and criticize them because they've picked the wrong pack of cheese or they're using <laughs> a butter that you don't like. You wouldn't do that to it. You wouldn't. We're laughing, aren't we? No. But you wouldn't do that. You won't go up to somebody in the park and criticise them because uh, they're eating a certain food that you don't like. But we seem to think that we've got this right to do that to people on social media. Yeah. It's that keyboard warrior hiding behind a profile yeah. type thing that I've, I've, one of the things I really don't like about social media. Well, I'll get off the social media box. Um, <laughs> we, could, we could go on. We could go on all afternoon. Yeah, we could. About the, the sins and evils yeah. of social media. I think focusing, you know, the kindness to other people, like you said, um, is important. But, um, and I think in order to practice kindness to yourself, that you need to almost, you know, it's not about what other people are doing. That's the thing. And kind of working out how to practice kindness to yourself actually takes work. You need to be quite self-aware. And yeah. if you don't have that self-awareness, you need to kind of practice it. It sounds stupid, doesn't it? But you need to kind yeah. of get into the practice of being self-aware and working out what your boundaries are, what works for you and what doesn't. And that can take time you know i i know what works for me but it's i've kind of honed that over you know decades of kind of trying things and doing the wrong thing and you know if i'm having a a down day generally once i force myself to put my trainers on and go outside for a run and it's not anything groundbreaking but that works for me whereas that doesn't work for everybody else if they're feeling a bit poorly they just think oh i just need a bath and go to go to bed whereas for me i could get outside and it kind of mentally once you've got that that kind of mentally you're feeling better you start feeling physically better so you know I think it's just important that people just don't worry about what other people are doing just don't worry about that think this is your time to kind of be selfish and that's okay yeah Um, and I think particularly you know events people like you say are used to serving others and then if alongside that you've got a family perhaps so you're probably always you know looking after them or if you've got children or um or whatever it's just like another layer of constantly thinking about others so it's even harder to find that time yes yeah it is it is it's that like you say it's that self-awareness and having that ability to really hone in on yourself personally and your needs and having that ability to be able to listen to your body and and the messages the little and almost subconscious messages and stuff that it sends you to say, yeah, I need a little bit of care and attention at the moment. 
you know, that little twinge you've just got in your side means that, you know, maybe you need to give me yeah. a little bit of love and a little bit of care and maybe take a, maybe take some time out. I mean, I, I was the same yesterday. So I, I woke up yesterday, my bipolar's wobbling all over the place at the moment. I woke up yesterday, I wasn't feeling it, so I stayed in bed. Um, now there's a time where I, I would have beat myself up for staying in bed because it would be, you know, it should, it should be up, it should be up, it should be doing stuff, it should be doing, being productive, all said, making banana bread and pressing flowers. So all of that. But yesterday I was like, do you know what? No, 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 no. I need to, I need to rest. My husband recognized that as well. So he kind of looked after, he took care of looking after Lily to make sure that she was okay. Um, but it's, you know, there, there is that ability to be able to do in any present time what it is that you need to do for yourself yeah and it does like you say it, it takes time it takes time to be able to do that it takes yeah. time to turn the rhetoric off in the end that little nagging voice doesn't it that inner voice it'll turn around saying oh you really shouldn't be doing that <laughs> yeah, you should be doing something else um and i've, I've just published a, a blog post on this on kindness and there's a little exercise in there that's really good and it's an exercise that people can use to to kind of get themselves in the habit of kind of listening to themselves and it's almost it's like a, a journal so each day you can basically just ask yourself three questions like what is it I need what am I currently doing to look after myself um, and what would I say if I was talking to a friend mm. So if a friend was coming to you with advice, what, what, ki what kindness would you show to them? Kind of stuff. And you just do that on a daily basis for a few weeks. And that will help you kind of that tune into yourself in terms of what yeah, your little inner voice is saying to you, what your body is telling you it needs, how you're feeling, how tired and stuff you're feeling. You can kind of tie that in. And that kind of thing really, really helps. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think quite often it's... Um, you know that how how stress manifests itself physically you know never fails to amaze me and i think we all know that it does but some of the you know physical responses my body has had over the years during tough times to various moments of stress has, mm. has been kind of mind-blowing really you think no there must be something physical wrong with me because this this, this pain is real and, and and why why is my body reacting this way and then you know you realize that it was all um, stress creating those physical responses and that's actually you know it's terrifying really when you think about how powerful your mind is and kind yeah. of that and it you know it controls everything it controls your hormones and then and then you know your entire body can feel these pains and aches that you just didn't know you could ever feel and I think that that is something I'm continually learning about myself because as different things happen to me in my life things that have never happened before uh, you know about four years ago my dad passed away and he was poorly for about a year and that period of time you know all sorts of I had all sorts of physical ailments going on that I'd never had before and um yeah it was all it was all just kind of being in permanent fight or flight mode and I didn't recognize that you know the minute I did it started to dissipate because I stopped worrying about mm -hmm. the the responses my body was having so i think that's another thing isn't it you think you've nailed it but then something comes in in life and you have to relearn what your new coping mechanisms are and what that new kindness looks like yes yeah 
Well, we do, don't we? Because we we uh, we evolve and we change as as we age and get older. We're we're different. I'm not not the same person I was when I was in my thirties. I'm not the same. Certainly not the same person I was when I was in my twenties, or even as a teenager. And you know, you you grow up, and as you gain more experience through life so it, it makes sense as well that your body changes and your mind changes over that period of time as well so things that you would find worrying when you were younger not so much exactly what i was saying about the whole the whole point when you, you turn 40 it's almost like that light bulb moment you kind of go right okay yeah none of that stuff that i worried about matters anymore but that isn't to say that you don't get new worries in your 40s that you didn't have in your 20s and stuff as well yeah wait for that thanks yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) not too many not too many life life starts at 40 but then apparently it starts at 50 and it starts again at 60 and stuff you know all these things we say to be kind to ourselves yeah yes exactly but uh, yeah it's i think that the important thing is is whenever you your body does send you those signals like like yesterday i had had pain in my right hand side that i hadn't had before i am and i I put that down to stress because it was more kind of when you you get those little aches and pains and twinges and stuff that kind of make you kind of go oh so rather than ignoring it it is isn't it it's like you're saying it's spending that time to kind of go right okay so so what's what's going on how am i feeling am i feeling stressed am i feeling a bit wound up yesterday i was so I've, I've kind of, and it's cleared up now. It's gone away because I decided, right, okay, let's just relax a little bit. Let's just take some time. Maybe go and do some calls in the garden. I tend to do that an awful yeah. lot if I'm feeling quite stressed, get myself outside. Um, so it, it, it's having that ability, doesn't it? This is, I think this is what we're saying. It, it came, takes yeah. time, doesn't it? It does. And I think for events people in particular, because kindness, self-kindness is so wrapped up in setting boundaries for yourself a lot of the time. And that is hard in any kind of professional capacity, but particularly, you know, in the in the events world where it's it's known for being very fast paced and long hours at times, etc. And you know, trying to kind of manage the expectations of your team, whoever you report into, etc., alongside trying to Mm -hmm. practice this kind of kindness to yourself and, and being aware of your mental health is, is a really d- tricky balance. Um, yeah. And that, that really, you know, the success of that is really dependent on who you've got around you, who you work with and how supportive your, you know, yeah. your, your teammates are basically, but that's a, that's a real challenge. I think, I think most event professionals recognize they need to set those boundaries, but it's easier said than done. Yes. Yeah. Cause it, it's very, it, it's easier it's actually easier, isn't it, for us to lead unhealthier lives and actually easier for us not to be kind on ourselves and say yes to everything and say yes to the additional workload that, that comes in rather than going, oh, hang on a minute, actually, I'm at my max for this week, can't really take on anything else. So I think one of the biggest things you can learn, particularly as an events professional in terms of self-kindness, and it's getting yourself in the habit of doing this as well, is actually learning the art of saying no. Yeah. But learning the art of the positive no, I call it. So, um, so it's calling it a positive no. Try and make people not feel as bad about it, especially yes yeah. people and social people like like events people. You know, it's, it's give alternatives or mm. give proper reasoning as to why you can't do it, or or kind of give an alternative. All of those kind of things that you think about when you do a positive no. But it it is about protecting 
the boundaries that you set up because boundaries are really really important they're, they're very important for self-care and self-kindness aren't they yeah for yeah. sure and i think if you know not everybody feels comfortable talking openly about you know mental health or similar in the workplace um because sadly a lot of a lot of people still don't quite understand it yep. um but i've always been quite open about it wherever i've i've worked and it's always been received you know very positively um and you know i guess i'm lucky in that respect i've worked with great people i've not been you know discriminated against in any way etc but actually it's really helped my work relationships it's really helped the people that i report into because they understand me better they understand how my brain works and um you know i'm still convinced that the more open you can be about these things that is that's another version of practicing self-kindness because if you can share it with people particularly in a work capacity mm. it should make your life a bit easier yeah absolutely let it go kind of stuff you know carrying things around on your shoulders or like you've got a backpack the more you carry around the heavier the backpack gets and the, the heavier the backpack gets that's actually really hard to say <laughs> in, in <laughs> close succession the heavier the backpack gets and um, the, the more it will slow you down and hold you back so it's it, it's when you've had negativity when we're going through difficult periods like we are doing at the moment it's all about accepting it and acknowledging it, isn't it? Noticing it, acknowledging it, and then release it. Let it go. Don't harbour on it. Don't dwell on it. Don't, don't try and keep a hold on it. We, we, we always seem to have this thing as, as human beings, don't we, to kind of hang on to negativity. And we get stressed about it and we get really pent up about it. When really it should just notice it, acknowledge it, just let it go. Again, it's bringing it back. If you haven't got anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And then that applies to ourselves. You haven't got anything nice to say about yourself. Don't say anything at all. So it, it's, it's a big thing. And remembering as well that, you know what, it's okay to not be okay. We're going to be entering a period because of lockdown and what we're all going through. We're going to be entering a period where we're going to see, be seeing a hell of a lot more people, people we know, um, people we've known for a long time, colleagues that we've, we've never been aware of might have had any mental health issues are going to be probably suffering from anxiety for the first time. They, they actually think that one in two adults right now, suffering now and coming out of lockdown, that they're going to be suffering from anxiety issues yeah. because of the lockdown and adjusting to this new way of doing things. So I think never has it been more important time for us all to start moving away from this belief that we've held for too long that mental health only applies to people with mental health conditions and people who mm. suffer from depression all that kind of it does not we all have mental health and it's okay to not be okay it's not a sign of weakness you know you're putting your hand up admitting that you have vulnerabilities and that you faced adversity is a massive massive show of strength it, it's it's not a weakness at all i mean we, we agree with this don't we yeah of course yeah 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 i think you're right that now is the time if ever there was a time to kind of to really ramp up this message for people to embrace it and sadly a lot of people won't have a choice but to embrace it because like you say people that have never previously identified as someone that has mental health issues they they will they will yeah. be um and that's so I'm hoping that actually the people that maybe have been judgmental in the past 
those people are now going to be experiencing it and not that i would want that but you know the benefit the positive to come out of that is that they'll there might be more un- widespread understanding of what mental health is and what it can do yeah uh, yeah because it's hard to escape periods of poor mental health throughout your whole life you know it's it's mm-hmm. it'd be very unusual um and i think you're right actually i for my birthday as we were saying at the weekend it was the first time in two months i'd done my hair you know put on my makeup put on some actual clothes rather than in gym gear and it I and I was about to go out for a socially distanced walk with a friend now that that's allowed um and I I felt myself I was shaking a little bit and I'm not somebody who gets social anxiety at all ever but I I noticed my hands were shaking um and I thought this is really odd why my hands shaking am I just excited and I thought no it's it's something else it you know, it was, it was, it was doing something that has previously been not allowed. It kind of felt scary, um, you know, emerging from whilst I've been out of the house for walks and runs to the supermarket, Mm. it felt, it felt like a step into like a new unknown and uh, I could feel my heart racing and and it, and it dissipated. But I think that's just an example, isn't it? Of some of the side effects that we're going to be seeing. Some of the side effects and as well, I think it's important it's great that you've shared that as well. I think it's important to share that message of what, because anxiety is very misunderstood. Same as depression is misunderstood. Same as bipolar is misunderstood. Same yeah. as all mental health conditions are misunderstood because I think it's very difficult if, and I get this totally 100% that if you haven't experienced any of those conditions or thoughts or feelings or the shakiness that comes with anxiety or you've never had a panic attack it's it's very very hard for you to be able to place what that would be like same but that's the same applies to physical health conditions you know it's the same as you can't it's very difficult to be able to relate to somebody um who's who has cancer if you haven't had it yourself because you don't know what it feels like and it's very difficult anybody who has diabetes or anybody who suffers from asthma it's very difficult for any any health condition to be able to relate to her because that that relating kind of aspect of us as human beings is is missing and i think when you when those little aspects are missing it makes that understanding slightly harder doesn't it but this is when you know self-kindness and self-compassion is just spending that time to listen to each other mm. you don't you don't have to relate 100 percent. i think what's more important is that that we are showing kindness to each other kindness to ourselves you know showing that empathy and compassion and you don't have to understand 100 percent. that's not what any of this stuff is about um you know as, as a friend as a family member if you know someone who's struggling it's not your job to fix that person at all is it but it's what you can do is offer that person an, an ear and a shoulder and then you know yourself as an individual lending yourself an ear and a shoulder and wrapping yourself in cotton wool a little bit at the time again it's, it's not a sign of weakness is it? It, it it's strength it's needed it's really really important yeah yeah it's definitely a strength and i think the more you start to get a hold on your own mental health and understand it it becomes it feels like a superpower a little bit you know that kind of almost and and your point about acceptance i think that's something that particularly events people tend to you know we we like fixing things we are problem solvers so you know if we identify 
that we're feeling a certain way or we just immediately just think, oh, I need to fix this problem. I need to do it. But actually, sometimes the power just comes in accepting mm. this is an issue I've got. I actually can't solve this. This, this may, I may never be able to solve it and it will probably always give me grief and it will always slightly stress me out. And then once you've accepted that, it immediately takes the power away from that thing um, because we're, we're always going to encounter stress. We're always going mm. to have things because we care, you know, if, as, you know, in our profession, we care a lot about our events. We're very passionate. So we'll always be stressed. Good, that kind of hopefully good way, but there'll always be stress, isn't it? positive stress. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then some things, you know what, you'll never fix them. You'll never sort them out. You know, mm. that annoying person that you work with always giving you grief or that annoying client or just accept that it will always be a bit painful and then you can manage it a lot better. Yeah. And that can be incredibly empowering as well. Couldn't it? Yeah. Just talking from my, my own experience as someone who, who manages bipolar disorder, I, I wouldn't see myself. It took me a long time to accept it don't get me wrong it took me a good two three years to accept it because I think when you you receive the diagnosis that you have anything chronic whether whether it's asthma whether it's diabetes whether it's bipolar whether it's it's schizophrenia whatever it might be I think when when you're given a a chronic diagnosis of anything it's very hard for you to come to terms with that because at the end of the day you do have a disorder or condition that you're going to have to manage for the rest of your life basically but as soon I, I remember for myself, as soon as I accepted it, for me, it wasn't, I didn't, I didn't feel weak. I didn't feel like anything was wrong with me. I felt empowered because as soon as I learned to accept it, I was then able to put in place those kindness elements and self-care elements that I needed. I was able to personalize my support program. We, we have a plan in place in, in terms of if anything goes wrong. But to be honest with you, since I've, I've come to accept it, it it's, I've had no major episodes at all yeah. and I, I don't actually consider myself to be mentally ill there are some people out there who, who would say that, that I'm, I'm, I'm I have a mental illness I'm mentally ill I see myself actually as having a mental health condition and disorder that I have to manage and that acceptance and that empowerment as well has, has brought me to a place where you know it's not in my head the bipolar is a thing it's not me it doesn't control me. It doesn't manage me. I have bipolar. I'm not bipolar, for example. So yeah. A lot of people will say, I'm, bi- I'm bipolar. Um, it's, it's, you're not. You're you. The bipolar is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a thing that you have to manage. And if you don't manage it, you don't take care of yourself, it's probably going to get under control. Yeah. You're right? not defined I, by it, basically. Exactly. So I, I love that empowerment kind of element of self-kindness and yeah. self-compassion when we exercise that it can make you feel incredibly powerful. Yeah, I agree. I think if you are diagnosed with something like that and it's, it's given a label, um, that actually can be quite helpful um, because like you say, you think, oh, I'm not imagining this. This is a thing now and I can identify it as a thing and then yeah. this is how I tackle it. And I definitely felt the same way when um, I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder and OCD, all of a sudden a lot, a lot of, a lot of it all made sense. Um, And you know, about how my brain is wired. Um, And again, it, that then made it easier for me to practice self-kindness because I, I could, I knew what I needed and I could identify when it was happening rather than feeling completely overwhelmed and out of control. Um, And there's actually a really good book. Have you heard of it? It's called the imp of the mind. I have heard of it. I've not read it. I um I was yeah, recommended it 
it's yeah. it's yeah i i really responded well to it um i think it's probably useful for anybody to read but particularly people that struggle perhaps with um anxiety specifically but it's all around you know if you have these negative thoughts or intrusive thoughts or these recurring thoughts that you know bring you down it's it's identifying them as being a little imp in your mind and every yeah. time it every time this imp kind of pipes up you kind of you listen to it mm-hmm. and then you say okay bye bye until the next time and it, it makes it feel like it's not part of you it's just something that pops up every now and then um and just the way of thinking about it and approaching what can go on in your mind when you're stressed and, exa- and things like that it just um it was it's really helpful way of viewing the brain activity um and again i find you know there's a lot of self-help books out there but that i found a really practical way of being kind to myself and i reread yeah. it every now and then you know brilliant yeah definitely have to check that out yeah i'm, I'm, I'm yeah check it out good book so definitely going to check that out yeah let me know what you think yeah we'll do definitely definitely well we've come to an end wow we have that oh, went quick didn't it i did it really that did, did go quick so that was brilliant thanks so much for joining me today caroline so we'll see everyone next week for the next edition of event Wellcast. amazing thanks helen bye bye Thank you.